0: Thought Leaders, Storytellers and Griots, sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. Moving into our Thought Leaders, Storytellers and Griots, of course, small stories, big ideas, massive inspiration. Let us talk uh, about a column that came out on www.africa.com. Wayne Godwin writing an article about how there's a shift towards domestic tourism. As a game changer in post COVID 19 recovery, it's an interesting one because it's certainly something we've spoken about plenty of time here on SAFM the idea of what it means for you and I to travel internally in our country and to make that difference when it comes to tourism. Wayne, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you very much, Michelle. Uh, good morning to you and your listeners.
0: Wayne, let's talk very um, – let's let's break down what it is that you – I suppose one could say the headline facts of what it is that you wrote about. Talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. I think I think what what we're obviously seeing around the recovery in in, in tourism and post COVID um, is looking at this this huge demographic uh, dividend and fundamentals that we have in Africa, and and how we can leverage that. So so very much not just looking at the South African story. It's it's really a continental story around how we harness regional and domestic travel. Um, and, and really putting those two together, um, and of course, you know, the international guest and, and visitor who's spending foreign direct investment is is critical and 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 going to remain so. But really, I think the the huge potential for Africa from a tourism and travel point of view is is domestic and regional travel.
0: So when we look at the IMF, the International Monetary <laughs> Fund, in in your article, you noted that they've predicted that uh, GDP in African countries shrunk, particularly for those uh, dependent on tourism, by 12%, which does start to raise a question of how reliant we are on international tourists and how we need to, I suppose, invert that need to something closer to home.
1: Correct. And I think if you look at most developed countries around the world, the domestic and regional tourism is far bigger than the the international tourism. So, I mean, I think within Africa, we've got 54 different countries that are, are very unique, a country like Mauritius cannot really harness domestic travel because it's a very small country and uh, there's, there's very little need for it, whereas a country like Nigeria um, has a huge potential for domestic travel. And, in fact, when we look at a hotel performance through, through COVID-19, we can see these countries that have had the more domestic tourism being a lot more resilient. I think mean, in South Africa, what was a particularly resilient sector of the, the uh of the industry was the drive to market. So anywhere within two to three hours outside of a major metropolitan city actually performed quite relatively well uh, compared to, to a lot of other you know, markets that didn't have that catchment. So I think COVID has taught us the, the value of, of this domestic and regional traveler for sure.
0: So let me give you um, an example, because what it does do is it raises issues around what um, the tourism sector calls airlift. It raises the issue of how we travel. So this week, the National Arts Festival opens in Makanda, Grahamstown, and it runs Mm for a week. Now, the challenge for them is that if they want people to get to the National Arts Festival from all around the country, ideally, they should be able to fly in if they can yes. afford to do so. Unfortunately, it's, there's very little airlift. I think there's only one or two flights that are flying into uh, Port elizabeth Gqeberha, on a daily basis, given the uh, extraordinarily lack of um, domestic flights within that area. That immediately impacts their opportunity as a tourism opportunity, as a cultural tourism opportunity. How do we address something like that?
1: Mm. M- Michelle, that's spot on. I think we, it's a big continent. Uh, the Airlift is the only way we can feasibly move people around it. Um, I think from, a, from an airlift perspective, we, we've got a lot still to do. Uh, we've seen the proliferation of a lot of airport infrastructure over the last decade. Uh, if you travel around Africa, there's, there's often new, shiny airports in most capital cities. Uh, but it's the airlift strategy that backs that up. So we're still very protectionist around our own national carriers on the continent. Uh, we need to open up, open skies, and 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 let demand, uh, you know, take take care of bringing bringing in carriers. Uh, uh, both you've seen regional carriers like air, uh, Ethiopian Airways and now Rwanda Air being quite successful. You, where there's demand, the the carriers will come in. You know, so so I think it's it's making that shift, but. Airlift is is one thing, but I think, you know, other forms of transport are just as critical. You know, train is is a very viable way for people to move. I think we're seeing standard gauge railways coming in in, in, um, Kenya, uh, which is quite popular from a domestic point of view between Nairobi and and Mombasa. Uh, So so it's all the, the holistic ecosystem of how people travel, really.
0: We're talking to Wayne Godwin. Uh, He's the head of East Africa and the Indian Ocean JLL, which is a, a commercial real estate services. And we're talking about the shift towards what is described as domestic tourism here, on the continent and in the country as well. When we come back from the break, Wayne, one of the areas that I want to raise is you talk about train lines, etc. Let's take that to South Africa and try and understand Mm -hmm. uh, the impact of what's happening to our lines with regards to tourism as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thought leaders, storytellers, and griots, sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. We're chatting to Wayne Godwin, as you know, in Thought Leader Storytellers and Griots. We like to look at uh, stories that have come through in opinion pieces, what people have said during the week. We don't generally look at what is a front headline, and there have certainly been plenty of them this week, but try to uh, tease out the ecosystem of the world that we live in. Wayne Godwin wrote a piece that was on Africa.com, looking at a shift towards domestic tourism as a game-changer. Uh, Wayne, we mentioned uh, rail travel as well as an opportunity. And certainly when we look at what's happening in Kenya, we see that as being a huge opportunity. In South Africa, it's slightly different. And uh, we talk about, uh, you know, great issues with Prasa. We look at rail lines that have been ripped up. This does impact the possibilities of traveling by rail as part of the domestic tourism opportunity as well.
1: Yes absolutely i think that's rails' a very viable and economic way to move move people so I think that what we 've seen with our own um with our own rail system has, has definitely had a, had a big impact. I think in South Africa, we're still fortunate that the infrastructure is relatively good from a travel point of view. I think there's definitely opportunity for um, more resort, hotel and resort product that is more geared to a domestic audience and, and shifting that mindset because I think a lot of uh, our tourism product is still unaffordable for the majority mm, of, of our people we need to 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 create domestic focused resorts um, and and that that really work for the majority of the people i think i think we do we have a, a nature of traveling and a culture of doing it but but i think we're we're locked out of a, a lot of that and and that's that's you know that's across the continent um, but, but I think that's if we make if we to leverage this huge demographic dividend and this rise in young growth of young people and population on, on the continent, we need to have the right. Product for it. I think we are seeing examples of it. We're seeing a lot of investors looking at mid scale or what we call three star um, new brands and and exciting lifestyle brands on the continent, the likes of Onimo, the Mangalese Group. Um, You see a a property like Social House in in Kenya. I think it, it, it can be done. Um, it's, it's not necessarily that easy, um, but but you only have to look at the demographic fundamentals to to see that there is going to be a rise of, of domestic and regional travel for sure.
0: In closing, Wayne, one of the things you spoke about in your article was the um, launch, obviously, of the mm-hmm. African continental free trade yes. area and the impact Correct. that that could have with regards Mm. to, certainly for the participating countries, with regards Mm. to a growing middle class and and also youthful traveller. Talk to us about Mm. how that is making Mm. a shift.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I, and I think that free trade agreement will be a, a catalyst to other policy change, such as visa uh, dropping a lot of the more draconian visa requirements that we have, and, and visas are expensive, and that definitely makes a big difference. But but more broadly, I mean, trade equals you know the movement of goods and the movement of people. Uh, so if goods are moving around the continent more freely, people will follow that. So maybe more on a sort of business travel perspective, but uh, that lays the groundwork for more of the leisure sector because then you've got more volume, more more airlift, or more, more capacity down the price um, of travel, and that opens up the floodgates for for domestic and re, uh, regional leisure travel. So, so I think that is a very important thing. Look, it's been in, in policy for formation for for some time. Uh, but I do i think most people are confident that it will uh, will, will see the light of day um, and definitely have a big big catalytic impact and I think tourism is such an important multiplier industry it, it employs a lot of people often it's the first entry to the formal job sector um, it employs a lot of uh, of women it employs a lot of youth um, and it, it really it really should be. Prioritize from a from a government perspective, uh, because you know it's not like the, uh, we work a lot in the Middle East and where we really have to create destinations. Often, uh, Africa has the destination. You know, you don't have to go create a Maasai Mara or Fit Falls or um, Zanzibar. It's it's there. You know, it's about yeah. now leveraging it and and uh, creating the right policy environment and infrastructure. To actually, uh, and we're also we have the people, we have the the growing middle class, and that's we just have to unlock
0: that now. Fantastic, Wayne Godwin, head of East Africa and the Indian Ocean at JLL.